0: Podcast hosted by Peyton
1: Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Music Biz, a Ray's Rowdy Podcast. This is episode twelve. I'm your host, Peyton Heben. On this episode, we are joined by a father-son duo. That are both involved in the music business in their own ways, whether it's merchandise or day-to-day management. Pretty excited for this podcast. Don't know where it's gonna go, <laughs> but please welcome Scott and Tanner Cologne. Thank you for having us. Appreciate Thank it. You, yeah, man, absolutely having
2: us. Great meeting you too, man. Yeah, yeah
1: absolutely.
0: It's good to finally meet. I, I should have just ran over here, as well. I was telling you earlier. I was like, dude, you you're guys are neighbors. The road. Pretty Did much. This
2: weather ever lightens up, man. Y'all gotta. Yeah, grill out and invite old people over to eat with y'all. <laughs> all the old people, but you. <laughs> ah,
1: yeah. I figured you might say that. And all the uh, <laughs> the new homeless neighbors over here at the uh, homeless yep. shelter that just got built. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, I know. I've, there's uh, there's there's actually a few regulars around where I where I live, and they're they're awesome people. But yeah, I feel I feel <laughs> terrible in like weather like this. You know, it's
1: terrible.
2: Yeah. But um, but yeah, I didn't even know that was over there. It is. It's a very interesting place where you guys live, though. Like, Tanner, I'm very happy that he found the place he did, and he's got some badass roommates that he's kind of, like, gotten to know in college. So he sends me a video the other day, and he was like, hey, Dad, check this out. I'm like, okay. And I look, he's staying on his balcony and um, oh, a car goes yeah, by, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the the tires are blown out. So he's just riding on rims with sparks <laughs> flying out under. Yeah, and a, no exaggeration, it looked like a scene from a movie. Like twenty cop cars behind him, and Tanner's standing out there filming it. And I'm like, okay, well, I hope they don't start shooting anytime. Soon. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: No, that actually wasn't me. That was uh, a friend of mine. Oh, but it was like it was. You know, it was it was in our you know neighborhood, probably a mile away from us. But yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting for sure. I was.
1: Uh... Before I moved here in June of 23, I was living in Hendersonville. Yeah, that's and where I was in this neighborhood called the Maples. Yeah, yeah. And I was just driving home. So are you familiar with the Maples? Yeah, exactly. So that basketball court in the pool. Yep. So I was I exactly about to turn, like I had just passed the fire station, and there's that like curve. Mm-hmm. I was just about to d- turn, and this car comes. Or no, I see cop car sitting so i'm like oh shit let me just ten and two here like don't make eye contact <laughs> yeah and uh they're just like standing around and i see him one of the guys roll out that that like tire strip oh so my so i'm like oh fuck like wh-? is this for me yeah i was like i'm the only <laughs> car on the road and then uh this car comes flying around the corner cop cars just chasing it but what he did was cuz i was it was like two ways so he, he rolls the thing out, and the car that comes around the corner swerves to miss it. It almost hits me head on. Oh, man. And then here come the cops just right behind it. Dude. I was so stunned. I would never seen a car chase in my life, and one almost killed me. <laughs> oh, my God. A, God. Yeah, they about got you. With the I'm, a, tires. I'm, yeah.
2: I'm a native of here. Well, Tanner is too, but I'm a native of here, and, and I'm old as shit. And uh, grew up in Sumner County, Hendersonville, Gallatin, that area. And I've never hmm. known anybody to move away from Hendersonville to get away from the crime and move to Roselle Parks Boulevard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well... Anyway, you're an effing genius, dude. <laughs> well, my, uh, my
1: roommate at the time was working... Um, he was working for Hendersonville Parks and Rec with Andy Gilly. <laughs> oh, God. I just yeah. talked to him. I love Andy. Yeah. I actually... Uh, I went to lunch with him a, a few weeks ago. He's a great dude. But, uh, yeah, I get a phone call and because he was working down at uh, Drake's Creek, yeah. my mm-hmm. roommate was, and there was a drug deal that went south. Oh, boy. And but the cops were waiting to rate it like the dudes were getting set up and it just turned into an all out shootout. And the dudes that were shooting like just ran across the train tracks over by Drake's Creek while like people were just painting like the bathroom over it
2: I'll probably be mayor. buried in Sumner County Hendersonville area and so I feel like this podcast after it blows up <laughs> is probably not going to help me running for mayor of the city. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's fine. I would no, vote I'm for you. Messing with you. Have you
1: ever watched the TV show in Nashville?
0: Uh, yeah. 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 I, I'm familiar with it. I haven't
2: I haven't seen it though actually. I
1: don't know. The the dude runs for mayor. But does he really? Yeah, there's so much like shit on him, and he's just still.
2: It's funny you bring up Andy, man. I got uh, a—he's got a big event going on tonight, and man, Andy's a—Andy's a godsend to our town, man. He's—he's—he's put on this uh, tornado relief benefit show tonight, and uh, I'm gonna pop in there and um, see if he's got a free vodka drink for me. But uh, (laughs) anyway, um, man, Andy's—that's funny, man. Everybody knows Andy, man. Everybody Uh, knows Andy, and it's
1: really cool because when you're out on the road with people mm-hmm. and they don't really care about the openers as much right um, it's always like good to use like Drew Parker yeah. for example oh, yeah. i had nothing like i didn't really i didn't know drew at all the first time i met him mm-hmm. but, but i had i met him or no sorry i met him at pig fest last year yeah and it was with andy so we played with him again this past april in florida and I went up to him. I was like, hey, dude, I met you with Andy Gilly. Anytime you say Andy Gilly's name, you could go into a 30 minute conversation with anybody. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, right. So it's just the way his network is, is insane. Well, and it's,
2: yeah. and it's weird where he came from. He was, a, he was, he was, this is the most friend. He was, I met him. Well, I knew of him, but I met him. He was Tanner's golf coach in high school. Yep. And now he's like this man of the people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's like, you know, so,
0: yeah, he's like a, He's unsung solid. hero for, like, everything social in Hendersonville now. So it's great to see because, yeah. you know, it's still a small town, but it's, like, it's crazy the, you know, the small little uh, microscope he's putting on it just with all the stuff he's been putting on lately. And it's – it's really cool. He's to raised see. a lot of money for uh, yeah.
2: tire strips. To, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah,
0: budget. yeah. Those
1: police don't mess around. I've got put over twice over there. Oh,
2: yeah. No. Yeah. They, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, it's, off
1: Main Street, it's, it's nuts. Well, and
2: You've got that little, uh, what is that place where a lot of people, a lot of people, kind of my age, I keep saying it like I'm 97, <laughs> but uh, I kind of am. But uh, what is that? Bluegrass Bar and Grill. Oh, yeah. So I didn't know we were going to turn in the Andy Gilley podcast. But <laughs> Andy always mm-hmm. invites me there. Shout and, out, shout um, out, Andy and, it, and it's fun. It's fun. But um, um, he said, "Man, why do you never come?" Well, I know if I go, I'm not just gonna sit there and eat three chicken wings and drink iced tea. I'm gonna pound some damn cops. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and I'm like, "Man, you pull out of there like you said, ten and two. Cops are looking at you like you're drunk. You know, yeah, I'm it's like, like, come on, man. If you're
1: not making eye contact with the cops, they know you're." And full here.
2: disclosure, I don't drink and drive. <laughs> you know. But anyway, I just said I did. But anyway, <laughs> one of my last episodes,
1: we talked about that. I was like, I was said how I went to New Year's down here, the bash that I walked to. It. Did you go to that?
0: Uh, I did not, but I I saw it going on as I was running through here and stuff. I was like, I, because I didn't know that they were doing multiple stages this year. So I was yeah. like, what is this? Are they like, somebody trying to compete with Broadway, New York, New Year's Eve bash? Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's it was huge. I was like, that's Nashville now. We have multiple stages on New Year's Eve. Like yeah. this is Full sick. Full TV
1: thing. Oh yeah. It was but so sick. I was talking about it with somebody on a podcast and I was, cause I mean, I, I live right down the street from it. Yeah. Um, so we got drunk here. We didn't want to pay for the, the drinks there. We just got pissed drunk here and then rented some Lime scooters and just took it on down. You can get a DUI on a Lime scooter. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. I was about to
0: say, I, I would imagine you could, but. Yeah, we had, a lo- we, had some, we had somebody myself. in my
2: neighborhood. I live in kind of a, um, that's bougie as shit, but anyway, it's cool. But this, this neighborhood where everybody drives golf carts and man, the cops would sit up there and we're giving people DUIs on golf carts. Yeah. Went, yeah. Come you can on, get one on a horse. I'm like, there's people out lacing drugs with fentanyl and people rapists and stuff. Are you really gonna give that 65 year old woman a DUI on her golf cart? Come yeah. Come. But anyway. Yeah. Well, it's it's been
0: uh, we've started 10 minutes and uh, I have yet to incriminate myself, but y'all are all. Oh, I'm I all know. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a drunk driver.
2: I'm a <laughs> frequent <laughs> drunk lime scooter. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Which I want a little medal around me,
2: man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that lime scooter, man, I, my old bones, man, they they don't bounce off the concrete like they once did. <laughs> but imagine the
1: cops trying to catch you on a lime scooter. They're not rolling out tire strips for you on a lime Oh, scooter. no. Because you're like weaving in and out through houses, like through yards. Well, you're not
0: catching you. I've always thought those scooter companies Eber, were Eber so...
2: An evil helmet on. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, I've always thought those scooter companies were so interesting because they were like so adamant on being like safe and like all these like requirements on the app and stuff. But then they only allow... I don't know if this is still true. They only allow you to drive on the road, right? Like, they don't – or at least the bird or in college. Are you it, not on the sidewalk? Yeah, they're like, you can't – like, it'll shut off if you're on the sidewalk, so you have to be on the road. So I'm like, that – I mean, we could get a little more safer just be yeah. on the sidewalk, in my opinion, but I don't the know. The most
1: bullshit thing about the scooters, Lime and Bird, and whatever the other orange one is, oh, yeah, is yeah. that after midnight, they cut off. What? So after the ball drops – So you got to stumble? Yeah, so we were like, after the ball drop, we were like, let's, as soon as it dropped, we like left, because we were like, we hid our lime scooters right outside, so it's like, we don't want anyone to find them, so we left as soon as it was done, before the fireworks ended, so we could grab our lime scooters, went to scan it, it was like 12.03, just didn't work, and it was like, these don't operate after midnight, so we had to walk. Oh and man! And it's piss cold. Yeah,
2: yeah, and there's no way you get an Uber on New Year's. Nope. And if, oh, and if and they if they do, they're did. gonna gouge you. Yeah, yeah. If you um, did,
0: I'm sure it was you know eighty bucks for yeah. a, for what a mile. Yeah, and a that's half kind dive? of a uh, less than that. That's, probably.
2: I don't feel like we're getting far, but that's another thing. Like we talk about Tanner and I's dynamic and demographic. Like t- people people laugh at us and they're like, man, y'all seem more like buddies or either... Sometimes y'all seem like y'all hate each other than father and son, but I have told my kids, I'm like, man, I'm going to pull a dad card out here. Those Lime Scooter things, dude, those things are bad news. Alcohol and Lime Scooters. Oh, Oh, man. I mean, if you're going to drink and drive get behind something that's 6000 pounds dude. You know? <laughs> shut up, dude shut up you up. if you're going to do it you
1: might as well just do it yeah right, right, right. If,
2: if you're going to go down man you might as well it's out. like the, the yeah.
1: podcast you're like if i'm going to start a podcast like i'm going to do it full cameras and everything yeah, yeah. it's like, freaking yeah. Drive something drunk, you drive like a semi truck <laughs> or right, something, my right. God. steal a semi, and just take it down <laughs> right. to 65. Right. Oh my, yeah,
0: no, that's, I mean, that's, It's good reasoning for it, for So,
2: sure. yeah, I guess the way you, I guess, I guess the way we ended up here together was I reached out to you because uh, Tanner and I are interested in doing something similar to what you're doing, and then I got to know Nick Tressler, I actually messaged him yesterday about... Me and him have a love of cigars, another one of my great habits.
1: Yeah, wearing uh, the Crown Heads hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, yeah, shout-out, Crown Heads. Yeah. Um, they don't sponsor
1: me, but free shout-out. Yeah, 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 heads yeah. No, free they're going to sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I, no, I'm messing with you. <laughs> don't, no, don't. <laughs> I hope they do. I hope they do. Man, I mean, no, I, this is a music business podcast. I mean, we could smoke cigars. It's, like, yeah. very classy and professional, right? Right, very classy. right, right, right. Very classy. But uh,
2: anyway, Nick. Nick's great, and so we just kind of ended up here together and, and – uh yeah, the the whole thing though about Tanner and I, man, he he does his thing and he's in management. But we're uh, we've got a real close, tight knit family. My family, everybody involved. This is craziness. Everybody involved in my family, except probably for Tanner, is in the merch business, including his mom, which is my ex wife. Oh, nice. So that always throws people for a loop when I take them on a tour. And I mean, Donna's like one of my dearest friends on earth. But which uh, we'll we'll go through and. Donna's department, she runs the fulfillment department at Richards and Southern and she's usually the last person on the tour. And you know our industry, everybody has ADD. So, yeah. By then, everybody's kind of like, okay, they've already figured out, like, we're either going to do our merch with your, with your company, or we're not. But I'm like, so this is a fulfillment area, and this is Donna, and I know if they're listening or not, I'm like, she's my favorite ex-wife, because I have two of them, and she is, <laughs> without incriminating myself even worse, she is by far my favorite ex-wife. <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> but uh, my point to all that is, is Tanner chose to do his own thing, and and. uh Blessed enough that Cappy returned his call one time, and, and he, so he works at Make Wake. and.
1: But, yeah, then you hear the Cappy story of how Cappy found him on the management side, and yeah. then I think it all just kind of intertwined. Yeah, it's yeah. all started – everything started with Luke Combs, like Make Wake, mm-hmm. Riverhouse, like it all.
2: That's the only reason I brought it up was when, <clears throat> when my, my father met Cappy before I did, and uh, funny story was when Cappy's – I guess his very, very, very first office – We'd have to do fact checking on this, but I'm pretty certain I'm right. Cappy was on, he was off the road somewhere, and Dad said he knew Cappy and he knew he was man. And Dad was a huge fan of Luke Combs before, you know, when when Luke Combs wasn't Luke Combs. Yeah. And but my dad, my dad's always had a really good ear, and so he'd see Cappy sitting out front drinking coffee on his laptop. And my dad would like literally, because I've j- I've I've joked with Cappy about it. He said, and I'd be like, Dad, leave him alone. Man. <laughs> and he literally went down there and wore Cappy out till we started working with him. But we've become we've all become like great friends. And I mean, uh, I mean, it's it's weird how yeah. past ha- it, it's weird how and, and who knows we'll probably collaborate on something one day. But it's weird how past happened. Like I think about that kind of stuff all the time. Like if 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 his granddad. Had to wore Cappy out, and we didn't all become buddies with Cappy and play golf one day, and Cappy kind of thought Tanner was great, and then Tanner got out of school and said, I want to do my own thing, and I was like, call Chris Cappy, and I think it was basically Tanner's first call, really. I mean, that was his first choice, first call, and it all happened, but I remember the early stages. It just seemed like to me that I was always on the outside looking in because Dad and Cappy were real or, or still tight, but it seemed like to me it was always – Make Wake River House, so I always thought it was a the same, you know. Yeah. Maybe it was then, and I know how, you know. I you know, yeah, I'm not really. Anyway, yeah,
0: but yeah, I think that's, uh, you know, and I know that you probably want to get into, um, you know, how everything started over at Richards and Southern and stuff. But I think that's a, <laughs> I think that's so funny how it kind of happened because that that is like textbook Terry Colone. There is like an yeah. absolute. A hammer like it like just like okay. absolute well, you know if he wants a relationship with you he, he'll get it just oh, because yeah. he loves people so much and i can it, cappy's told me the story and also uh poppy's told me the story too but i can so see him being there at probably and poppy uh, being, i'm, poppy, I'm being my dad. poppy being yeah sorry uh terry being terry is like i can so see him you know and I'm guessing this, but I guarantee you, it was probably at 6 a.m. Oh, Five, was, maybe 5:30 a.m. It honestly. was a-
2: after after the fact. Cappy and I uh, got to know each other well, and uh, uh, we've been along the same jour- a couple few of the same journeys together and stuff. And we'd meet for breakfast, and I would always laugh and be like. Uh, did you come meet breakfast with me today? Because you couldn't get anything done on your front porch because my dad's over there hounding you. He you know, and it was always a joke. But uh. yeah,
0: I, I think that's so funny because I, I just see because uh, you know if I could so see somebody being like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get into the office at like 5:30 a.m. 6 a.m. before anybody's up. I'm gonna get it done. Knock it out. Then you get have a uh, five five three loud old man <laughs> at your door saying, Hey, bud, want to talk? You want to talk? You want to <laughs> hang? You want to hang? Like holy shit. <laughs> holy crap i can i can i can appear i I can imagine
2: it let me show you this new concept it's got a black tour tee yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly exactly i think if we put luke combs's face on the front with a beer can on the back it might sell (laughs) Mm -hmm. but
0: he's the he's the man like i uh i attest a lot of uh you know it i always said like whatever whatever um people think that's good about me. I just say it's an accumulation of all the good people in my life. Like there's not really anything, you know, I, I can't, I will never credit myself for being good at something. Like it always came from somebody else and a lot of good things that have came into my life or things that I've been blessed to be good at or anything like that. I attest a lot to my grandfather and um, you know, he's always been that rock for me. Like I've always, you know, any, I've asked him possibly everything under the sun, whether it's business, finances, religion, you know, our faith, um, family, how to deal with relationships on, you know, uh, you know, a girlfriend level all the way to a business level. You know, I, you know, I'm I'm giving them, I'm giving them, uh, I'm messing with them right now, but that guy is literally like my hero. So, um, and I'm sure he could say the same thing for their company and their business. So. Nothing but
2: good things for him. You yeah, know, he so. and I—he and I are so. By the way, did he, how come you never call me and ask me for advice? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Maybe because it involves incriminating yourself. Pull <laughs> 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 it out of a bar. Uh, dad of the year, Dad of the
2: year. <laughs> anyway, y'all want to go to losers and have drinks? <laughs> 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 it's almost open. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh my! God. I heard 11, 10 a.m. <laughs> yeah. I heard. Oh, but. Uh, anyway yeah I feel the same uh my dad and I tend to butt heads sometimes and sometimes I'll especially now that I'm older and, and he he's he's retired every year at Christmas for the last 10 years and I don't <laughs> want him to go anywhere but um, um we were laughing the other day um you know this weather absolutely has sucked around here for a month and he's a big golfer and he has a he has a him and mom have a Mom's a big part of what we do too. Um, she, they have a place in Florida, and me and my brother under our breath will be like, "When's it going to be seventy degrees at least in the panhandle of Florida so he can go play golf?" You know <laughs> what I'm saying? And it's not we don't want him there, but it's it, it it's like he's still so involved. And you think he'll slide off into the sunset for a little while, and then he's like comes back in and he's like a spoon. He just stirs the shit back up, you know. <laughs> but it, but if he didn't, we wouldn't be where we were either, you know. So. so.
1: Tell me about the start of Richardson Southern. The start of Richardson Southern. Like so, how long ago uh, from the? Oh man! Very first.
2: Man, I'm almost certain it started in 1959. My grandfather, uh, my my grandfather, God rest his soul, was a school teacher, and to supplement his income in the summer, I'll try to make it quick, but it's a great story. But he would supplement his income in the summer because school teachers still don't make enough money, but. Made hardly no money back then, and uh, he would go out. He had a camera before the digital age, and he would go. You guys probably don't know what a damn postcard is, but he would go out and take. He'd go out and take images of state parks and uh, Music Row, and you know there wasn't there. Nashville wasn't this glamorous place back then. I, I do remember that far back, but. Um, Anyway, he would go out and take pictures and and he would sell postcards to all these little mom and pop shops. And from there at Trance, he started doing um, more um, touristy type merchandise, you know, like trinkets and that kind of stuff. Well, my dad was in college. And, man, my dad's going to listen to this. He goes, that's not exactly the way. (laughs) But um, my my mom and dad were in college. They were both in rock bands. Uh, My dad had a record deal. He says that he sold... Eight records, and his mom bought seven of them. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, mom and dad were kind of rockers, and they were going to lots of shows. And the way the story goes is dad was trying to find his way at the time, and uh, they were in college at the University of Tennessee. And they had been to a show or something at a rock show, and they were selling merchandise. And dad was like, his his light bulb went off and noticed that the country genre wasn't doing that. And so dad just started cold calling on people. Dad tells a crazy story about uh, how back in the day before, you know, you ain't going to walk in make wake and Luke Combs ain't going to be sitting up front, you know. I mean, he may go down there a hundred times. He may be down there twice, you know, which, you know, that's why he's got those people around him. But dad tells this crazy story about walking into Conway Twitty's office up in Hendersonville on like a Friday and Conway's – Before there was direct deposit, Conway's sitting at the front receptionist desk signing everybody's paychecks. And he's like, hey, I'm Terry. And said he was super nice. And and, uh, he said, hey, I'm not here to bug you or whatever. He goes, why do you not sell merchandise? And he was like, what are you talking about? And so dad literally had a friend back before everything was so corporate. And uh, his family was in the banking business. And he went and borrowed like... This is where he's going to start correcting me. But, like, he borrowed, like, $500, which he told me might as well have been $50 million to him then. Like, just on good faith. He goes and buys some blank T-shirts. He builds a like a makeshift hand press in his garage or whatever, and he starts printing shirts. So he puts them out on the road, and then, you know, Conway was selling out of shirts. The next thing you know, he's like, tells Johnny Cash, he's like, hey, man, you should sell shirts. Hey Willie, you should sell shirts. Hey Waylon, so that's how my dad really got his start. Hmm. And so uh, the first, I do kind of remember these dates because I was around. I'm I'm 53. He uh, in. It was prob- AARP. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do. No, no. They send me shit, and I freaking get pissed. <laughs> They're starting
0: early. Yeah, get but anyway.
2: They'll, they'll uh, I, I do remember this, probably in 1980, I would have been 10 years old. I remember Dad was friends with a gentleman by the name of Dale Morris, still is. Um, Dale was, was a big was a big man, he's retired now and into really, really badass boats. But uh, anyway, Dale, uh, Dale and Dad basically ran into each other somewhere and Dad, he was like, hey, I'm going down to check this band out. I'm going to manage this band. They're down in Fort Payne, Alabama. They're called Wild Country, but the RCA signed, they're changing their name to Alabama. And Dad was like, He goes, you should come down there and there maybe a merchandise opportunity for you. So literally, Dad just had a good faith, jumps in the car. That's why a lot of times I'll, I'll um, flake out on stuff and I'm like, Yeah, because you never know, you know? Never know. So uh, he goes down there and he lands Alabama. So they go from a hand press company to basically automated overnight. And I remember, I remember Dad telling he it would be awesome if he was on here. Actually, he, I remember him saying like, "Yeah." I remember me and your mom, me me and your mom. We thought we were rolling. We like grossed, not netted, but grossed like fifty grand or something for the whole company, and they had to split that with his dad, and you know chop it up like two or three ways and all that. And he said he, like, tripled his business in a year with Alabama. So, um, anyway, that kind of got him off and rolling. And then the next big client was also a Delmore's client by a guy named Kenny Chesney. Kenny Chesney put us on the map. Uh, Kenny still sells he's, – he's still one of our top customers every year. Um, per head, he probably top three customers um, he uh, you know in a in a world in the in the in the uh, music industry and it's not ever it's not ever a, a, a bad thing it's usually because you can't help but do it we lost we've lost customers in the past and we, we've lost customers because we've effed up we've also lost customers because somebody else had deeper pockets than us there are a few of those artists like Luke Bryan's one of them. Um, And I'll I'll say that with, man, I get emotional talking about that guy because, I mean, hell, he and I used to eat split quesadillas at the tin roof because that's all we could afford. And he's, man, he's, he's a big part of our family. Luke Bryan, Kenny Chesney, um, George Strait. George Strait's been with my dad since. Man, I have pictures of me and Clint Woolsey, again, incriminating myself. We're like 17, drinking Bud Lights backstage at, George Strait shows, you know. So, I mean, there's those ones that are, like, that are super cool, and, it, and it's really cool to to mention them as, as they're your friends, you know. They're not just clients. They're friends and allies. And I think a lot of that was built on my dad and grandfather building the business the way we built – or the way they built it. It's just an honest company, and it's, you know, it's still small. It's still small. A lot of people – a couple of years, a couple of years ago, we had our biggest year to date financially. But literally, me and my brother—we're totally opposite people. We didn't really like each other. Uh, I didn't want to be, and I mean, I'm probably speaking for them too. We, you know, my dad and mom have always been the glue to our family. It was like, okay. We're doing all – you know, we don't want for anything and, and we're making all this money, but, like, sometimes is it worth it? You know, so it's, it's kind of like we like to keep it small and we like to fly under the radar. You know what I'm saying? I know I, that was a ping-pong ball answer, but, but um, everything – everything my family's accomplished is because of just honest hard work. My dad, my, starting with my grandfather being a school teacher – My mom is the glue. I told somebody the other day. They they said, "Is your mom still active at Richardson's?" I went, "Hell yeah, she is." I said, "Me and my dad and brother'd be broke in six months if it wasn't for her. We'd be flying around private and driving Bentleys." (laughs) I said, "It wouldn't last long, but it'd be fun for a little bit, you know." So, (laughs) she uh, she's really the glue that holds it together, and uh, she's. They're all just super active, but it is funny. Every year, they're like, we're going to spend more time in Florida. We're like, yeah, okay, okay. But, I mean, it also keeps them – and, I mean, they are the youngest 70-year-old people you will ever meet in your life. Is that right, Tanner? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, to their appearance, to the way they carry themselves. I mean, they uh, – yeah, my somebody asked me the other day. They were like, how old's your mom? And I told them, and she, she – birthdays don't bother me. They were like – what i went well dude i'm 53 and they were like oh yeah i guess yeah that's crazy you know they just they've always really taken good care of themselves and really blessed to have them and and um you know me and my brother joke about it like golly man is he really gonna retire this year we really don't want him to you know he he holds it together and we butt heads and but that's what families do you know so, anyway.
1: so what exactly is your role over there
2: man I do um, so I'm in sales and I do a lot of customer service like we go it's it's funny man so dad will tell me well, you need to get out to some shows so I mean you have to be out there you really do like um, we were talking about some of, some of these artists that are represented in your, your place here you know and I was looking around and uh, some of them we don't have we've had that guy three or four different times um,
1: Can you say it on the podcast? Yeah. Yeah, Chris, Chris Cagle. Cagle. He's,
2: he's a friend of the – you know, he, he's he's uh, he he retired, and I think he's trying to make a comeback. Uh, Travis Tritt over there. Travis, yep. we just got him back. He left. I don't remember why it was that he um, – I don't know. You know, something happened. It was, you know, a business decision or something, but we just got him back. And I'm – Oh, so, you know what? I'm so grateful,
1: man. Such a fan. I remember I was on this huge Travis Tritt kick back in like – I think high school or early college. Yeah, and I tried to buy online Travis Tripp merch. Yeah, and there wasn't any. Yeah, so I had to buy something off Redbubble. Yeah, that was like just a yeah like black and white silhouette of Travis Tripp. But he didn't have any merch for a little bit. Yeah, online and he
2: kills it. We call him the uh, we call him the icon acts like Tracy Lawrence. All these guys that we've always had or we've had and they've come and gone and done different things. They are – I think y'all's – I think y'all's generation is – and there's nothing against what all these other artists are doing because I like all of it. Um, Well, not all of it, but you know what I'm saying. I like all – There, I think there's a lot of – there's no genre anymore. But I think you guys, y'all's generation, are starving for the Travis Tritts and the Tracy Lawrence and the Mark Chestnuts. Oh, and, yeah. uh, You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with listening to uh, – being into – I mean Jelly Roll's record, shit, it's fucking amazing, right? Yeah. But I mean, like, if you listen to my playlist, man, it's all over the place, and I'm sure y'all's are even more so than mine because I'll get I'll get fired up when he'll be like, you know, we'll be listening to like some old straight or something like that, you know. I mean, it, I think y'all's generation's starving for that stuff, and and I think, and I mean, there's some out there. There's some guys that are are breaking that are coming out like like. Combs is country, you know, and but there's guys out there. I think John Party's awesome. Yep. Um, but, you know, I mean, man, I could sit here. We could go down a rabbit hole. I mean, if you, if you take Mark Chestnut's record too cold at home and play that from front to back, you ain't going to skip nothing. You know what I'm saying? It's just solid all the way through. There's
1: this dude know. in town named Dan Marshall.
2: Yeah, that sounds familiar.
1: I think he was talking about going to Richardson Southern. Oh, really? Yeah. He talked to me about it uh, last Tuesday. Well,
2: what'd you tell him? <laughs> I said, guys, "I said you guys were coming on the podcast." I said, "I'll put in a good word." <laughs> but
1: anyway, he's so country. Oh, like his I love stuff. It, it sounds like, it. like like Brooks and Dunn. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's such. It's cool. so country. Yeah, there, there's refreshing.
2: some cool stuff come, There's some cool stuff around the bend too. I mean, uh, Zach Top. I'm yeah. crazy about that dude. Uh, yeah, man. But I mean, and then, but, but, what's what's cool about the? There's no genre right now. Yeah. Like I'm looking at this guy over here, Corey Kent. He is not my client. God, I wish he was, because I am a super fan of that guy. Yeah. Um,
1: I manage an artist similar to Corey named Cody Koz. Like we played with Corey. Yeah. That's what that poster's from. We played with Kegel. We played with Travis Tritt. Um, but his sound is like, it's very Travis Tritt vibe. Um, Craig Campbell. Uh, he was signed to Craig Campbell's label for a little bit. Huge Craig Campbell fan. Um, and he's got like the Rascal Flats, like Keith Urban, yeah. like soulful vocals. But there's vocals. so much, there's so it's, much cool stuff going on. Yeah, like early two thousands music yeah. needs to make a comeback. Mm. My
2: uh, my favorite artist right now at this moment, and he is fortunately our client is Stephen Wilson Jr. Yes, he dude. is so he he is so far like it's almost. You gotta really be a. I I mean, I'm not a. You gotta be really a connoisseur because, I mean, he's gonna go mainstream, but I mean, his writing is so like, you're like, I've I've listened to his record probably a hundred times, and every time I listen to it, it's like watching a really. It's like watching. This may be a bad analogy. No, it's not. Shawshank Redemption, and every time you find something else about it that's like, it's like. It's just so cool, man. And it, it's cool that it's cool that everybody can coexist and, and uh, you know, you still have the songs. You know, you still got a good you, – you know, Aldine just put a record – well, I mean, I guess his newest record's been out probably six months now because time's passing me by. But, like, that kind of stuff never gets old to me. I'm a huge Jason Aldine fan. But then I like to really get deep and dive deep into some of the really mm-hmm. cool uh, – Talking about the old school guys, and I mean, and not all these guys are my clients either. This one is, and a close friend of mine, and he's like a Luke Bryan to my family, is Gary Allen. Gary Allen, man, y'all can come over to my house and smoke a cigar, and we could eat, burn some steaks, and I can put on Gary Allen records, and we, no, none of us will ever bitch. Like, it, it's always good, you know?
1: I do love Gary Allen. Yeah. That's the the like '90s, early 2000s. Yeah. That's just like yeah, top tier. Yeah, and I, music. and I
2: like I don't know, man. I mean, I guess it depends on what kind of mood I'm in, but he always had that kind of I don't know, kind of I don't know, kind of some of his stuff was kind of dark and cringy, pushing the limits yeah. a little bit, you know, and maybe talked about smoking before that was mainstream and okay you know and and all that stuff so anyway tanner's got a tanner's tanner's working with an artist right now and we're fortunately getting to work with him um and he's i don't know where he fits which is so badass and so super cool because he's just so unique and so awesome and great guy and then and uh but yeah everything they've got going on over there is crazy cool too his yeah his his boss which is Cappy and, and Dylan Dylan is like one of the smartest guys I know young guys too mm-hmm. Dylan's is he 30 yeah is young he?
0: guy yeah he's uh I want to say actually I want to say 32 oh actually. he's freaking ancient. what are you 23 24? I'm 26 as 26. Of, 26. yeah Holy as shit. of last week yeah I, I I, uh, it's funny, I, I, I don't feel old, but it's all relative, you know, like, I, I have a bunch of my buddies from college are, like, two years younger than me, but they all call me old man and stuff, but in terms of the business, yeah, we're, but me and you both are, you know, it's uh, it's a whole new world, you know, it's like, going into this, it's, uh, it's a lot different than back in the day, you know, and um, a lot of what's crazy now is, like, it, I think it, I think it goes back to releasing music now too is so easy. The the barrier the barrier to entry is zero. Like it I, what was the stat I saw in Billboard? I think there's like 150,000 songs a day being posted on Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora, Amazon Music. I'm like that is insane. Like it seemed like back in the day it was like an act of Congress to release a song. So now in you know and now we're taking advantage of it, you know, it's like anybody can release anything and, and I and I I know my philosophy personally personally is I'm all about good music and I know that sounds boring but I really mean like you know when you listen to John Mayer for me at least when I listen to John Mayer for the first time or listen to Prince for the first time or listen to
2: those were good ones um,
0: yeah yeah some good <laughs> ones when I listened to John Mayer Prince for the first time I'm trying to think Kings of Leon I wasn't like you know. Oh man, this is a really good rock album. I love rock, you know. I was like, no, I'm like having chills. This is music. This is sick. So that's kind of like where I come from in in terms of like my taste and it's it that's why I always say like what kind of music you like. I said I like all music, but um yeah, so I don't know where I was going with that, but pretty much is, you know, it, it's it's cool to not have these Lines anymore, especially not in Nashville too. You know, it was
2: always. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but Al, uh, Alex has got new music coming out this week, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, um, we have a artist that we work with over at Make Way that fortunate to be on uh, Alex Lambert. That's releasing music Friday, and that was that was immediately what I thought of when I heard he's um, he, he's
2: his, the guy, man. He's yeah, such he's, a stud. he's awesome.
0: But um, yeah, that's the first thing, and that's why I fell in love with his music. Is like when I listened to it, I wasn't like. Oh man, this is a great soul. He he often gets compared to Soul, Leon Bridges' Road, and I'm, I wasn't like, oh, this is a great soul record. I love soul, you know. It's I listen, I listened to it, it's and I was like, stuff. oh, I got the chills. Like this yeah. is awesome. Yeah. I want to, I want to be front row to this guy, you know. And um, it, and for others, you know, it's like they probably do feel that. They just tend to lean a certain mm-hmm. way. I'm not saying that I dislike any kind of music. I'm just saying that's where. That's where my head's at whenever I'm listening to somebody. I'm like, does this, you know, does this pick up hairs on my skin for, and whether it's any kind of music, try to come to it with an open mind always. So,
2: you may have got that, you may have got that uh, chip off of me, man. I had, this is before y'all knew, one thing you guys missed out on that was super cool was, and back when you could drop your kids off somewhere and not worry about them getting kidnapped or shot, but, which is sad, but, my parents used to drop me off at the record store, Sam Goodies, and I would save and save and save, and I would go in there and buy uh, CDs, and I'd come out and literally, like, Dad would be like, what would you buy today? I would literally have, like, an Eric, Eric B. and Rakim CD and a Merle Haggard CD, and my dad would be like, what? But, I mean, that just goes to show you that, I mean, there don't really have to be a genre, you know? I mean... People that love music, love music, no matter what it is, you know? I mean, I'm 53 years old. I was rocking Drake on the way down here. I mean, he's a friggin' genius.
1: Now we're kind of getting into that where there's not – before it was kind of like there was country. There was rock. There was hip-hop. Now it's all kind of one and the same because you get an Austin Snell, a Brantley Gilbert. That's the very rock country. Now Nickelback goes from just being a rock band. Now they're doing country festivals and – and right. having country artists tour with them, like Josh Ross and and Brantley, right. Um, and then you have artists like Morgan Wallen that starts out trying to be like super country, and now he's doing more like hip hop country. Yeah, yeah. yeah so dude. there's more, and Hardy now he's just going like straight hard rock. Absolutely. So there's no, it's kind of everything's just blended I, I, together. I, I
2: think it's cool, man. I, I think it's awesome. I yeah. uh, I uh. I don't easily get starstruck. I mean, I have had my moments. um, Been around George Strait 400 times, and he still locks me up a little bit because he's the king. Uh, I mean, I'm not an idiot around him, but I process it later and go, like, dude, he's the fucking man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I got – recently I was at Soho House, and I looked over, and I'm sitting in there eating breakfast. And uh, I look over, and Posty's over there sitting in the corner. And, like – sweetest dude on earth man sweetest on earth. I mean a-list superstar pop rock rap star and like, I'm a
1: Soho house member so I ought to go there more often yeah <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah yeah but he's like you know he's 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 getting in it you know I mean there, there's a reason why he did that collaboration on oh, the yeah. award show right I mean they're not just putting him up there to do there. There's a tease involved in that. So well, I mean, now they're still totally, doing that
1: whole Joe Diffie. Yeah. Right. They put out a couple of songs. I think they're doing more. Yeah. There's a bit. whole another record coming out. Well, yeah.
2: what
0: I love about it too, is I feel like, and you know, I don't think it was scripted. I think it was just more of a, uh, the changing of times where artists are being way more um, candid about their influences. Like uh, an totally. example would be a, a meeting I had the other day. It was an internal meeting and we were talking about, Um, just like artists saying their influences more. And because sometimes you'll find hidden gems within your favorite artist's influences. And the example that a girl I work with, uh, she was telling me about this clip of Dave Grohl and Pharrell. And Dave Grohl was like, man, I ripped all this stuff off from 70s jazz bands. And Pharrell was like, no, you didn't. Or, I haven't seen it yet, but he was like, No, you didn't, or whatever. And he was like, Yeah. And he like kind of spelled it out for him. And he was like, Yeah, here's this record. And it's like, you know, these crazy, you know, I, I always have, I can go about jazz drummers forever, but it was like this, and like almost sounded like a choreographed like noise almost. It wasn't like,
2: It's like you after Taco Bell. Yeah, correct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was almost, it, he, and he was like, Holy shit, you did rip this off. And so, now, I just think, like, today, in today's world, like, artists are just being, like, very candid. Like, like Post Malone is an example. Is like, dude, I love country music. I'm going to lean Whoa. into this now. And, you know, um, I think uh, Dad mentioned Morgan Wall, and he, uh, he loves hip-hop. So, he's like, I'm going to lean into this. And so, I love it, dude. I love we, that uh, there is no... I love that artists are like, yeah, dude, I, I love this kind of music. I'm going to start leaning into this more. I'm not going to be trapped in this bubble that people say that I'm in you
2: you, kind of hit the nail on the head Tanner when you said Pharrell Williams and Dave Grohl are having a conversation yeah yeah, how different are they absolutely and they're they're vibing and you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying it's like um, you know uh, I mean he's he's been around for a bit Ernest Ernest is a dear buddy of mine Ernest was a rapper right well um, he was a baseball player in high school badass pitcher now and, and then he and then, you know, he he uh, did the – tried to do the rap thing. But, man, he blew my mind right before Christmas. I randomly ran into him. at Losers. Shout out, Losers. <laughs> uh, anyway, he was in there, and I was in there hanging out with a couple buddies. And, and he and I hadn't seen each other in a while. And uh, he said, uh, hey, man, come out here to my truck, and I want to play you something. And so I was like, yeah, man, I'm not going to turn that down. And I go out there, and he plays this just clicky rap track. And he just starts going off. like, And I'm like, dude.
1: He just hotboxed his car right before that, too. (laughs) (laughs) He might have. He might have.
2: Uh, Yeah, anyway. So it's me and him and uh, Uncle Cracker. Mike are standing out there. And Mike, which is – that's his background. Matt, Matt, Mike's his brother. Matt, uh, Uncle Cracker, is standing there. And that's his background. I mean, hell – Uncle Cracker, you know, used to tour with Kid Rock when Kid Rock was rap, you know. And he's looking at me like, holy shit, this guy's so damn talented, you know. And then that evening, you look at Ernest's Instagram, and he's got a damn Gibson playing some stone-cold country song that he wrote before he was out there showing off rapping to us. And I'm like going, dude there's just so much talent in this town. It's oh, yeah. so cool. Oh, like, I, I know I'm creative, but it's like, sometimes I'm like, when I see somebody like that, like that, that whole, whole deal with Ernest that day, I was just like, dude, I am so talentless. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. but, uh, anyway, yeah, I it, have, it's really I have
1: cool. I sometimes, like people write in here, it's such a, yeah, yeah. decent space, it's right in the central of everything. Yeah. Um, so I was in here the other day, and, uh, I think the right took like maybe an hour, not even a full hour. And they and they knocked out the entire smash. song, yeah. and it was yeah. so good. Yeah, I was like, "How?" Because they came in with the idea. I was like, "How is this even right possible?" Like, I, I'd have to sit here for three days right. to fake finalize the right. song. Mm-hmm. But it was right. like maybe fifty minutes. Right, yeah. the vibe was right. The, yeah,
2: the that's crazy, But man. Yeah, that blows my mind too. Like when you'll see somebody up for Song of the Year or something, and you'll be like what a uh, like how how many years was that song in the works they're like oh we wrote that in 10 minutes yeah. You're like what mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy yeah
0: well that's what that's what's also great about this business too is that we don't you know uh, they and i'm i'm speaking for artists songwriters producers they don't necessarily want to do what a um what would you call it i'm just i'm just gonna a suit or whatever, you know, a manager agent. They don't necessarily want to do that. They would hate doing that. Also, it takes away from their creative uh, process. And also we aren't, or I'm talking about me, we aren't as creative or have more of an execution mindset where doing this, 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 getting this done. And that's not for them. So it's like a perfect harmony. Like I had like a, I had an artist the other day was like, man, thank you so much for this. And it was literally, like, the (laughs) most basic... Something
2: easy for you.
0: Yeah, most basic, like, job, whatever, job description of me, like, totally my job. And I'm like, uh, you're welcome, I guess. And then I'm like... And then on the other hand, they'll make an incredible video, have an incredible write, and send me this work tape. I'll be like, holy shit, like, how did you do that? Like, oh my god. He's like, yeah, man, I just kind of felt it. Felt the vibe, and I (laughs) was just feeling this way this day, and... Yeah, we just called a heater, and uh, me and so-and-so got together and did this. And I'm just like, what? And they're like, yeah, man. And I'm like, so it's a yeah. – this town – I mean, this business has a perfect harmony of – It's a
2: give-and-take thing.
0: Right, yeah. It's like we can't do what they do, and they don't want to do what we do, right. you know, and it's perfect.
2: That kind of goes back to my business, too. My brother and I are, are – my mom and dad are very, very involved. In fact, I get my meeting at 1230 is with my mom and dad because dad wants to discuss something, which is great. Um, I hope he takes me somewhere good for lunch. I'm hungry. But anyway, <laughs> my brother and I run we, – we run kind of the same roles because, I mean, we are a mom-and-pop operation. I mean, we all do wear different hats. But my brother, I can definitely not do what he does. He's an accounting major at University of Tennessee – I went to the University of Tennessee, and I did not graduate, and I had a damn good time. Uh, But Ryan is very, very, very in-depth with what's going on and the accounting, and he knows. Dude, this is crazy. He'll project, and I mean, I guess it's one of the things you may have had had to be there. You may have to be there to see it. Ryan will project a George Strait show, and it'll be – Whatever, it could be Morgan Wallen or Luke Combs or Post Malone. or I mean, not all those are our clients, but I'm saying he'll project like, okay, they're going to sell this amount of merch. They've got this many tickets sold, this many hard tickets sold. He'll go through this thing, and when I tell you, this is no exaggeration, he'll send out like two tractor-trailer trucks to a stadium show, and they'll come back, and there will be four or five boxes left. I'm like – yeah, but did we run out of the top selling shirt before the the you uh, before the headliner went on? No, and it's like I can't do that, man. I, I'm a, I'm gonna I'm gonna be the crapshoot guy. I'm like I think they're gonna do this, you know. I'm gonna yeah. get, put my redneck voice on. I'm like, all <laughs> man. but he you know he can't. And then you know I'm the guy that sometimes I'll catch flack from. Coworkers, they'll, they'll be like, oh, well, Scott rode in here at 10 o'clock. And sometimes mom will come down on me a little bit. and uh, And I don't ever correct her. She's, you know, it's like I'm on the ACM board. Tomorrow I have an ACM board meeting and then I'm going out to dinner with clients. And the client I'm going out with is a good buddy of mine and it'll be fun. But I am also a homebody these days. And, I mean, although I know I'll have fun once I get there, It's like, Oh God, man, that sounds like an ass whooping. You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of things I do in, in interacting, uh, Thursday night. Uh, this won't air by then anyway. I I think it's a, something for the, uh, the national, the Safari club, which is a big hunting show. Al Dean's playing a show at Bridgestone on Thursday. And, um, I'm going to go down for that. And, and man, I'll have a blast going down there to see everybody. And I'm an Aldean fan. I'll have a good time and have a couple of drinks and go eat a good meal. But it's like right now wrapping my head around that, I'm just like, ugh. You know? So, I guess my point is it's kind of like what Tanner just said. It's like we get baffled by, like, a great song or something. Whereas, in my business, Ryan will do something and I'll be like, shit, I wish I could do that, you know? And I hope he says that about me sometimes, you know? I don't know if he does or not, but – but uh, it's it's cool, though. It's it's cool, like, I, I think that keeps, I mean, me as a God-fearing man, too, I think it keeps everybody on their toes, too. It keeps your ego in check, you know, like, just when you think, like, oh, I'm a bad motherfucker. Somebody, somebody puts something in your face, like, well, hell, I can't do that, yeah, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um,
1: Tanner, I want to go into kind of how you got started in the business. I know we had touched on it earlier, how you didn't, you kind of want to do your own thing you didn't want to go into the merchandise business mm-hmm. um but tell me kind of what it was like for you going to school you went to school at right? college yeah, yeah
0: yeah i went to university of tennessee okay yep. cool
1: so um when you were there if you had decided i do want to do the music business or mm-hmm. what it was um what your passions were what you just tell me the story of how it all yeah. panned out
0: yeah for sure um I think, I'm trying to think of like the first show I went to, but, I, and honestly, I couldn't tell you, but I think I, the one I remembered the most would probably be, I don't know, I had to be in elementary school, probably like fourth or fifth grade, and I was always going to Kenny Chesney shows were the ones I would remember the most, but I would always be with my family, and you know, I was uh, I was a guest, I was a fly on the wall, I wasn't contributing anything, like I was totally just lucky to be there, and I enjoyed it and thought whatever this was people were doing, I was like this is really cool. Whatever, like these are crazy jobs that you would never hear of, like traveling the world, putting on these great shows for people. I that that was my kind of uh, my thinking behind it as a young kid. Then in high school, I would say is when music started to mean something to me, where I was like, you know, it, and I always like give the example like if you listen to. November Rain by Guns N' Roses or any like breakup song as a kid. You're just like, Oh, I feel sad. But it's like you don't really feel it. So as I got older, music started to mean stuff to me, whether it was like losing someone or whether it was breaking up with somebody or whether it was losing a family member or anything like that. Music started to mean something to me. So I was like, Okay, music's okay, music is a big part of my life now. Then in college, um I would say um, same thing, like I would get invited to shows for my family and um, I would, you know, I would go and again, I'd be a guest, you know, I'm not contributing anything, happy to be there. Um, but then I would really start to pay attention. I would say it was probably, again, probably a, probably a Kenny Chesney show just because those are the, the ones I went to mostly with my family. But I, I began to like pay attention to the crowd instead of the show. And instead of, like, being backstage and the bells and whistles of everything, and I started to pay attention to the fans instead of what I was just doing. And I was like, man, look at all these stories. This is what kind of, like, the philosophy of why I got into what I do is um, all these stories that you can be a part of. And um, I always, like, use the example of, like, there's, like – I mean, this isn't every show, but – You'll see the first date couple where it's like they literally have gone to school with each other and they like each other and, you know, uh, have a crush on each other. Their dad dropped them off. They're not saying a word to each other, but they're at some, some Kenny Chesney show. And then there's, you know, there's the family of seven where one kid crapped himself. One kid's crying. One, and the mom is like, like pulling the dad for, you know, oh, can you please help out the kids? But damn it, this dad paid all year to see this Motley Crue concert and damn it he's going to watch it you know <laughs> and all those all those like you know the 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 couples that are dancing with each other on a certain song i'm like damn if i could be a part of that i mean i would never be working like i'm just creating experiences for people making their years, maybe making their decade. I mean, I know, I've talked to my dad and my changing grandpa their lives, maybe. Yeah, for sure. these I mean, are being made that night. Yeah, yeah correct. Yeah, I mean, seriously, very true. Seriously. Very true, yeah, very true. <laughs> like, lives are changing, and I was like, man, just this one little blimp in time that I'm a part of can, you know, I'm making, like I said, making people's weeks, days, years, decades. As Dad said, changing people's lives probably. Um, so I was like, okay, I want to be a part of this, but how, um, I was lucky enough to meet my boss now, uh, Cappy in high school, um, with, and met him alongside of, uh, his, his buddy, uh, Bradley Jordan and, um, yeah, Peachtree. yep. And, um, we, uh, we went and played golf together and I, 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 my grandfather invited me and I met those guys. And, um, I remember thinking about Cappy and Bra- both Cappy and Bradley both were just, they almost had like, I wouldn't say it was reckless, but they were just kind of open to anything in terms of when they were talking about business. Like they were just open to any ideas. There was no limits. Like there was no, there was no, no meaning like, Oh, what about this? Okay. Let's hear about it. Instead of like, Oh no, that's not going to work. That's not within the, that's not within the borders of what we're trying to do here. They were just like, Oh yeah. Like, yeah, tell me about it and stuff. I was like, Love oh, that. these guys got juice. Like they they literally will do anything they can do to and make right their there. artists successful, create fans and uh, so that from the jump, I was fans of those two. And then um, you know, and then in college when I decided I wanted to be in this, I, I thought about Cappy again. I was like, man, management has their hand in everything. So they are like the 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 first stop into creating these experiences, obviously. There's promoters that create the concert. There's agents that, you know, book the shows. There's publishing that are all about the songs and stuff. I was like, well, management gets to handle everything, or not handle everything, but have a hand in everything. I was like, okay, that's probably what I want to do. And then I thought about Cappy, and I was like, man, this guy is like, it seems like, and also his, a testament to his team, and, you know, I'm biased, but we have the greatest team in the world over there um, at Make Wake, and um and it was a test i think it was a testament to him too the way he was speaking that day when we were playing golf i was like man not only would i'm be working for this awesome awesome leader but i'm gonna have the freedom to do what i want to do whether it's you know hey we're and i'm making this up but hey I'm i'm signing a metal band today it's not gonna be like no 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 we don't do that like he would be like okay tell me about him can i listen to him and you know it you know, it was, that kind of freedom was refreshing. So I, uh, I gave him a call and I told him exactly what I told you. I was like, hey, look, this is what I'm trying to do. Like, I want to be a part of this somehow. I want to make these stories for people. He's like, that's exactly what I'm, you know, he, if you've ever met him, he talks, he talks so
2: fast. But he, he, he he's can, like, he man, that's a... can not be perfect. Yeah. Do that's, it.
0: That's exactly what I'm, um, that's exactly what I'm looking for. only problem is you have to finish school, but let's, 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 let's do this thing. And I'm like, I'm like, are you serious? He's like, dude, I invest in people. I don't, I don't, I don't care what you're, yeah, this is exactly what I'm, yes, let's do this. And I was like, I was like, (laughs) uh, okay. Um, so that's when I started, uh, I'll just side. that's when I started. That was August. Um, after that, um, I met my, um, other mentor, Dylan Wright, who is the manager for Flatland Calvary. He's great. Yeah. He's man, he's another role model of mine, um, in business and out of business, um, but uh, yeah, when I, I met him through Cappy while I was working at Makewake and Dylan, um, you know, we, we decided to, or I guess he decided to put me on all of his artists as a coordinator. And then eventually from there I went to day-to-day and now we, um, you know, we partner and I, I day-to-day on uh, two of his artists. And so, uh, yeah, it's kind of how it happened. And like, like I said, I was just, you know, I, I had that idea of how I wanted to do things and then really dylan and cappy really allowed me to you know kind of be my i don't want to say be my own boss but just have the freedom to do what i wanted to do and i think that's what everybody's trying to do in this business right is like make make fans make beautiful experiences for those fans and then keep doing it for the next 90 years and and dylan and cappy have that in mind with all of their artists as well so i was like is you know I was I was I'm blessed to be where I'm at and it's a beautiful thing for sure. Um, so yeah, shout out to those two guys. I mean I owe I owe a lot to them, especially I think yeah. Go Cappy
1: ahead. does a great job with a good work environment. Um, yeah, just listening to because when I first started in this business, I didn't really know anything because mm-hmm. um, I didn't go to college for it. Uh, but I listened to Cappy's podcast with I can't remember That's if it was raised rowdy it
2: was
1: was it yeah Nikki t's one He may have mm-hmm. done a few way. By yeah. by I, I, I couldn't remember if it was burials or Nikki t's but either one mm-hmm. um all under the same umbrella now but if you go back and listen to that podcast it's a great podcast yeah just, he just he makes you if you have any interest in the music business he makes you want to run through a brick wall oh, <laughs> and yeah, when you're done man. with it you're like right i'm gonna be the biggest manager of all time after listening to this podcast. yeah 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 and just yeah. that was also it opened the door for me to kind of look up dylan and yeah. he inspired me to do a lot of things. He doesn't even know it. We've yeah. never met. I think he worked with Dylan Carmichael, right? Yeah. yeah, still does. Yeah, still does. So we played with Dylan Carmichael one time. So I was in contact with him a little bit, but I haven't had the chance to talk to him. and Be like, you know, yeah. When you started Deep Roots, like you just up and started Deep Roots Management, right? And then Cappy was kind of like, why don't you do this with me? Yeah. And I up and started my own entertainment company, yeah. management company. Yeah. And I've been doing it solo. Yeah. So like, haven't seen him. Yeah. Like do that. It was kind of. For me, yeah. inspirational. So yeah. he doesn't know it if he ever listens to this. Yeah, he's that, a big part of what I've done. That's
0: super cool, man. Yeah, and also like, again, being lucky, but it's they're they're both different in their own way, and I've learned like different things from them. But they, number one, is they're both uh, risk takers, and they, you know, they look at in both of them. I I was speaking on Cappy, but Dylan especially, and that's definitely why they're probably you know. Working and beautiful relationship, but they uh, they both are like so open minded to everything. And Dylan is never, Dylan was never the guy too. And and that's what that's why we are best friends now. Is like we were never like he was again like Cappy. He was exact almost exactly like Cappy. Just like was totally open minded to anything that is brought across the table. Like he's not ever going to be like oh no that's not something we do. It, it's always no holds bar and stuff. I would say, you know, Cappy is that motivator, but Dylan is seriously the ma- and I always say this like the number one thing I learned with him is the master of dealing with people, not not like like n- not being mean to people, but I'm saying like how to how to navigate in a conversation, when to say something, when not to say something, when to word something in a different way. And that's the number one thing that, you know, uh, Especially, you know, moving along in this business is like how to you know how to deal with relationships, and you know when to, um, when to hold back, when to not hold back, when you need to be um, when you need to be really candid, when you need to be pulled back a little bit. and yeah, so I always say Dylan is a master, master, master communicator, like unbelievable, like the number one person in my life that I would say is, like, the best communicator ever. And, like, I was like, man, I bet <laughs> – I always mess with his wife, Alexis, is also a dear friend of mine. I'm like, I I, I bet there's – and they're like, – I'm always like, I bet y'all have no problems. And she's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, dude, he just communicates everything in such a great way. And she's she's like, yeah, I need to tell him that. You're right. <laughs> He's <laughs> but, also so yeah.
2: – and, I mean, everybody has their moments, but he doesn't, like – if you're around me enough, you're going to see me show my ass, right? Dylan, Dylan and he's just so – I mean, I'm sure he has bad days. We all do. But, man, he's just so even-kilter and, and like, all right, this yeah. is the way it's going to be. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if things ain't working, sorry, things ain't working, blah, blah, blah. But it's never – he's hes solid. But uh, yeah. as, as a dad, man, hearing him say that is uh, pretty reward- rewarding to me, man. I mean, you know, I mean – I, I think it's pretty cool, man, and and, and uh, for him to get to work with those guys is is a blessing for me because uh, man, this world is effed up, guys. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, it, for it's sure. Pre, it's pretty 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 awesome, man. I've yeah. got some really really close friends that aren't as lucky as I am. To Tanner, uh, Tanner's got a sister that's a, a senior in college, which is mind blowing, and she's she's. An actress singer songwriter we don't know what she's gonna do but she's a free spirit but I mean I hope you guys you know I hope you guys are lucky enough to have children one day and uh, and man that's that's the ultimate blessing man to hear that story so, yeah that's cool
0: yeah man it's uh it's really cool as I said earlier man I I, I believe that everybody is you know there's there some things that are God-given for sure such as talent and um, just like a personality but I also believe that, like, every every good thing that comes from you is from the good people in your life, and every bad thing can be from the bad people, or you can learn from it. So It, all, it shapes you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, it's like, I've been very, very lucky, such as to have Dylan and everybody in my family, first off, but, um, you know, God's blessed me with everybody in my family, uh, Cappy, Dylan Wright, you know, so I've I'm lucky to have a lot of good mentors and role models in my life, so... Yeah, it's been. I'm blessed, man. It's cool. cool. Now, it's I, cool. now I get to.
2: It's cool too to see you, young guys. Um, be loyal to people that are loyal to you. You know, yeah. I mean, that's how you can really. You know, I'm a I'm a big karma guy, man. You know, mm-hmm. you start fucking with that karma, man, it'll fuck with you. You know, oh, yeah, sorry absolutely. for the language, yeah, but absolutely. that's that's the truth.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
1: but I know you guys have to go here shortly, so real quick, I want to hear both of you give what your advice is to somebody that wants to be in the music business um, where they are and they're trying to do something else or just anything inspirational within the music business. Um, and it could be if they first directed towards merchandise or management yeah. or, or it could just be general music business overall. So, mm-hmm. Scott, if you want to go first. Uh,
2: man, let's see. Man, I have people, I have younger guys, younger people reproach me all the time and and uh you know i you know i'm i'm to the theory like unless it's some something that you have to have a little god-given talent for i'm never you know i dabble and mess around try to write songs but i'm never gonna probably get a cut but unless it's something god-given talent and it's something uh that like tanner i do and you have the some knowledge to do it. I think, man, you should just, man, I think whatever you, I think whatever you dream to be, I think you should dream really hard about it. And I think you should give it 110%. I know that's kind of cliche answer, but I mean, uh, man, I was blessed into a really great family. It kind of had my path thought I sometime. I don't, I don't ever regret. There's, I don't have many regrets, but, uh, you know, there was a time I wanted to be in management. I dabbled in management. Had an artist that had a had a big big song, and uh, uh, but also I didn't know what the hell I was doing. But I also oh, I, I'll give you a good, I'll give you something good. If you decide to take the path, whether it be merch or a guitar tech or whatever your passion is, or a, a or a manager or a songwriter or a singer, don't have an ego about it. That's the main advice I would give. I I I will say that, you know, you've known me for an hour and a half now, and I we all have egos, but I've never had an ego. I had mentors, luckily by the grace of God, that my dad had established this path for me or my brother, me and my brother to go through, and all these great influential people. I remember one time specifically when I was dabbling in management, I called Irv Woolsey up. No big deal, right? He takes my phone call. Irv says, Hey, Scotty boy, what are you doing? That's what he's always called me. I was like, Man, I'm managing this artist and I've got this contract and it says no backline. He's like, What's your question? I'm like, I have no idea what that means. (laughs) Well, he, he, as men and guys do, he ragged on me. But then he pulled me to the side one night when he used to have this bar called The Trap before there was a Losers and all that. Pulled me to the side. He goes, hey, you know I'm busting your balls because I love you, right? I swear to God he told me this. Man, I get emotional thinking about it. And I said, yes, sir. And I said, man, I can take it. And he goes, most guys wouldn't ask if they didn't know. They would just try to figure it out and then they may fuck up. Yeah. So don't have an ego, man. If you don't know how you're doing something, it's like me asking you questions about a podcast. I'd like to do this, but I don't know shit about it. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to try to wing it. I'm going to ask people that I know that respect me and I respect them, like yourself, like, yeah. hey, man, how do I do this? I'm not trying to go into competition with you or nothing. I just want to learn about it. You know? Don't have an ego. I mean, if you're a songwriter and you're starting out and you ask... Ernest or Morgan Wallen like hey do you think my songs are good and they're probably not going to go like you suck ass but if they give you some constructive criticism fucking by God take it Yeah, you know mm-hmm. yeah. And I think uh, that is
1: big for the, for the industry is don't be afraid to reach out like if you're trying to learn don't be afraid to reach out because a lot of these people are just willing to, they're willing to Oh,
2: help. oh man and, and my dad always told me this he goes let somebody do a favor for you now that doesn't mean like hey man I need some backstage passes but if 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 you're friends with this guy here and, and you need him, you know, you you know he knows somebody and you know somebody and you've wrote a song that you know that guy could cut and make a smash. You're like, hey, man, would you mind listening to this and give me your honest opinion? And if you like it, will you pass it along? Man, that sometimes that means more to the person you ask for the favor than it does for you getting the favor. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah,
1: Corey, uh, it's funny you say that because we played with him and we sat there and we talked to him for – hours just like just normal people it was the first time we had first time i had yeah. met him cody had played with him previously yeah. but like his whole team was just so good to us yeah and my girlfriend is from uh central indiana like north of indianapolis uh-huh. and cory's playing there with parker mccollum yeah this saturday yeah so they just Gave I us wait, tickets. We'll
2: have, we'll have people there. Yeah, I mean, Parker's so, Parker's one of our guys.
1: So, we're just uh, – we're yeah. driving up. God bless Parker gonna... McCullum, man. Yeah. Dude. I'm a, Everybody in that – all I'm a, I'm a, all camps are just a, such good I'm people. I'm a Texas yeah.
2: country guy, man. And that dude rock-effing star, man. And what a guy. Yeah. What a guy. But, yeah, man, don't – I mean, if, if you could sum it up, don't have an ego, man. Yeah. Don't be scared to ask questions. Don't be scared to be – think – when you think you're being a dumbass, you're probably not really being a dumbass. You're probably asking a question that will probably, the the question you're bouncing it off of somebody. They'll probably respect you a lot more because you asked it instead of just winging it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah.
0: And the piggyback off that is like uh, something I've been thinking about a lot is just people, um, you know, I, as you were saying in this business, you know, it, there's always that like movie stigma of a, the music industry being this cold, dark place, people are trying to suck your blood and stuff like that. And, you know, also on the contrary, there are so many good people in this business. And like, as, as, uh, one of, one of you said that uh, people are like, so happy to help. Like I had a call the other day with somebody in, um, uh, from my, uh, my college days, his buddy is lives in Philly, wants to know how to get in the music industry. He's like, will you take a call with him? I said, well, I take a call with him. I'm not freaking the president. Of yeah. course, I'll, of course I'll like talk
1: to Talk to, to my assistant. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. I was see, like, see if I can fit in my I was
0: here. like, yeah, will you take a call with him? I thought that was hilarious, but yeah. So to piggyback off what he's saying is to be humble. You don't know everything. You will never know everything. So always be willing to learn and just keep your ears open. Be ready to also be ready to try, be ready to fail. Um, you know, have, have no shame. Ask anybody anything. You never know. They could be like, Oh, I actually need help with this. Or, you know, Oh, actually I know this guy that needs this help. So you never know till you try is what I always say. And, um, you know, I believe, you know, God, God's already written everybody's story. So whatever's going to happen is going to happen. So just be, just be humble, be open to everything. And, you know, you don't, you don't know everything. So strive to know everything, but you never will. So yep. be open to everything.
1: So, Scott, you want to plug your personal socials and your uh, and the company socials?
2: Uh, sure, man. Uh, it's uh Instagram for Richards and Southern, which we're really, really working hard on trying to build that. It's just at Richards and Southern. Uh, and then you can check out our website too. It's RichardsandSouthern.com. Southern Uh, my social is at Scotty C Merch. Is that right, Tanner?
1: I think there's a one in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. maybe.
2: Or a- our official Scott. Scotty c merch underscore official
0: yeah. never mind uh,
2: <laughs> uh, yeah i'm sorry I'm, I'm sorry i've been out of your office uh, a lot sir so i don't know your uh instagram oh, yeah, sorry
0: about do that.
1: that don't, don't man don't i did you.
2: have a, a post the other day that i posted that's not really tantor over here that went viral
1: <laughs> yeah that was a, that you was had a, some funny ass stories that was a yeah. big you posted day a story the other day when you were like shopping and Target or something? Oh, yeah. It was so funny, dude. I,
0: I was just talking to—I uh, was talking to my girlfriend the other day about how I think it's funny that I think my dad thinks that his feed, like stuff that he posts, is like his archive of funny stuff. <laughs> like he think, like I, I was like, I legit think I, maybe he does know, but I was like, I, I don't, don't really think he honestly don't. <laughs> I was like, I think he's posting funny stuff, but he bro, actually it. thinks it's his. Funny, he's like, oh, I want this to be saved.
1: Like a draft, like a Snapchat memory. <laughs> right, but he,
0: but he keeps posting it. <laughs> so I'm like, dude, you just, can't, like, <laughs> you know. I posted a video. I
2: posted a video. There's an
0: archive setting on Instagram. that He likes. video he on January
2: archiving. the 18th, and I often do this. I'll find something funny, and the kid could, could be Tanner when he was 12. And he's this roosters after him. Anyway, I'll leave it at that. So I posted it the other night. I met Tanner's girlfriend for the first time. He's in a, she's a badass. But anyway, he did good on that one. Anyway, she was like, "Hey, do you realize that post you made the other day was viral?" I went, well, I mean, was it got like four hundred likes?" She goes, "No, it has." 29,905 likes.
0: That's another podcast for another time. But, yeah, the whole TikTok. But I was like, how did that happen?
2: And she was laughing because I just met her. I go, how did that happen? She goes, I don't know. That's not even Tanner, is it? And I go, no. And then, fast forward, somebody that's got millions of followers, I'm going to shout them out, reached out to me and said, hey, you know you posted something that went viral, make sure, I know that's not Tanner, Make sure that person that originally posted that's tagged because they'll sue your ass. And I was like, oh shit! So I look back and I did tag him. I'm like, okay, we're good. Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Follow, yeah, follow Scotty
1: merch, but it's like not his Instagram. It's just a meme page. It <laughs> <The, laughs> just <the> means. <laughs> it was like we had just texted like for the first time trying to set up the original date. Oh, and you were trying to figure podcast. out like. Well, and I'm like looking at your story, and it was because it was snowing. Yeah. It was like when you canceled the snowing, and you were driving. And, oh, yeah. and you were talking about like pissing. Oh, I did. With the shriveled dick or something. I don't know it was. I, so, on, it was it I was... had on so
2: much clothes that I went and bought Depend undergarments <laughs> so I could piss my pants. I didn't have Shit. to take mine. I... I'm on this water kick. My New Year's resolution is to drink more water. So I went and bought some Depend undergarments. Dude. And this one guy on this package intimidated because he had a fucking hammer. Like he's on the, end of the oh undergarments. God. I was like, dude, I'm not buying those. I'm like, dude, I could find a, I could hide an AK-47 in that <laughs> house. <laughs> anyway, Tanner, what are you doing for lunch? <laughs> no, I, yeah, I was like, you yeah. wanna,
1: you wanna plug your, yeah. your personal social and your artist socials. Yeah, I'm on Instagram
0: at um, uh, not underscore Tanner underscore Cologne. And um, our all of our artists' socials are under uh, at Make Wake Artists and at Deep Roots Management, so we can be found there. But uh, yeah, thank you for having us on, man. Yeah, yeah man, this was cool. This was yeah.
2: my uh, first shot. But seriously, man, if you ever get when you get fifty three and you get cold, fuck, just buy some Depends and piss yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: works, dude. Yeah, she was. She was like. She was like. Did oh, he, sorry. Did he buy Depends? pen like does he oh, need? I totally the, bought does him. he need the pens And I was like, dude, no, he literally. Kind of do right now. I said, he, lir- I said, I said no, he literally. I said he literally. He literally bought the pens like for a laugh, and she was like, I really and I said, yeah,
2: like for a laugh. You know where that? They were <laughs> ni- they were nineteen dollars, and this is probably man. This makes me sound like such a dick because there's people out here that are starving. I bought them to video it, and I literally a good friend of mine, and I'm gonna call him out, Brian Wright. <laughs> Text me and he says, Hey, I forgot. I don't know if he said denominator. It's like $500 if you video yourself wearing those things. And I about did it. And I'm like, Eh, it's kind of drawing the line. (laughs) I may may not want to die alone. I may want to find Mrs. right one day. (laughs) But seriously, those things that you could definitely hide some stuff in the front of those things. God,
1: man. If you got the room for it. (laughs) (laughs) Especially when it's three degrees in Nashville. Yeah.
2: So, over that was funny. That
1: was funny. But uh thank y'all for listening to another episode of Behind the Music Biz, a Raised Rowdy podcast. Thanks again to our guests Scott and Tanner Cologne. Be sure to follow them on social media, check out their artist. Sounds like they're going to be starting a podcast very soon, so be on the lookout for that. And then uh, make sure to rate and follow the podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen. You can check out more from Raised Rowdy at raisedrowdy.com and on social media at Ray's Rowdy You can follow this podcast on Instagram at Behind the Music Biz. You can find me on social media at Peyton Heben. And we'll see you all next Tuesday for episode 13.